This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She rolled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a lovely woman by the name of Courtney McDermott. Given how expansive the show is, I'm going to plug a little bit about who Courtney is before I turn it over, as I always do, to unscripted dialogue and formally welcome Courtney to our program. So who is Courtney McDermott? Well, what I can tell you about Courtney is that she is an award-winning writer, speaker, and strategist to Fortune 500 executives, entrepreneurial leaders, and think tanks around the world. Before turning entrepreneur, Courtney served as executive at Vanity Fair Corporation, vice president at Sustainability Partners, professor of graduate studies for several Big Ten universities, and global associate for the renowned B-Cause Consortium. She also moonlighted as a deli waitress, secretary, and everything in between as a way to put herself through school and life. A graduate of the London School of Economics and a certified cultural mediator in multiple languages, Courtney also writes for a number of international publications, including She Owns It and The Huffington Post. Courtney lives with her family between the United States and Italy. With a fresh take on personal empowerment, inspiring antidotes and introspective tools and exercises to help you rebuild confidence in your life's vision, Courtney's book, Change Starts Within You, shows how you are the answer you are seeking. Soulful, sassy, and full of practical insights, if Eat, Pray, Love, Mary, the four-hour work week, McDermott's book would be first for her firstborn child. That was a tribute from Monica Lutz, author, speechwriter, and Harvard University valedictorian ALB. The world doesn't need another self-help book, but we do need Courtney McDermott's book, Change Starts Within You. It's self-awareness without being preachy. Courtney offers insightful wisdom for lasting change through simple strategies to remember that your most precious resource is yourself. That written by Betsy Blankenbaker, founding partner of Beautiful Infinity Books and best-selling author of Autobiography of an Orgasm. So, wow, Courtney, welcome to my program. How are you? Thank you, Lisa. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm fantastic. Wonderful. Well, it's such an honor to have you, and I would be remiss if I didn't give uh, public props and thanks to our friend Kayvon, who connected the two of us, and I love the fact that he's such a connector and is always on the lookout to best support people who he respects in the professional world. So thank you to Kayvon, and I... I just want to say in the short time that we've connected behind the scenes, it's been such an honor and such a privilege uh, to glimpse a little bit about who you are and pick up on the spirit of what you embody through the phone. And I love your energy, Courtney. You truly walk your talk. Thank you. Same to you. 
So you've got some great things happening. I mean, that's quite a repertoire to begin with. I mean, you've accomplished quite a bit in your young life, more so than a lot of people do from the beginning to the end of their journey. Um, but I, I always am first interested in knowing what the inception of one's journey was. So where did this all begin for you in terms of knowing this was the path that you were intended to be on? Hmm. Well, I, I typically say it was a cold and lonely hallelujah in the sense that it, it, it did kind of take a, a bit of struggle and, and it took me a little bit to find my, my true path. I think I kind of experimented with a number of things before I realized why, I guess I could say why I'm here and ultimately what I'm, what speaks to my soul, I guess, in terms of what I, what I want to be doing and how I want to be showing up every day. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just kind of an immediate I knew and I and I started along a path or I had a specific, you know, one specific thing that kind of incited everything. But I'd say it was kind of just step after step and sort of slowly stepping into to my vision. Um, one of the things that I do talk about fairly frequently is this moment where my daughter blocked my, blocked my BlackBerry and I was, I was getting ready to leave for a trip. And I talk about this also in my TEDx talk. And it was just this moment of, scrambling, right, and scrambling all the way to the airport and, and just trying to figure out what, what I was going to do because I wasn't, quote, you know, connected to that world anymore um, that lived inside of that device. And, and and just sort of after I'd gotten on this plane, I realized, well, I'm, what's what's going on here, right? Something's really, really off. And, and I'd say that that was one of those moments, and there were a number of them, but that was kind of one of the ones that sticks out in my mind is, as kind of this forced disconnect that really made me connect to some of the things that were that were really truly more important for me and, and started me out on on the whole I guess that was that moment that I decided something's got to change um, but then I as I said there were a, a number of events and things that happened after that and before that 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 led to where I am now well, I appreciate you sharing that with us because it's not uncommon. Oftentimes when I have a guest and we talk about the inception of their journey, you know, usually the the epiphany-type moments or the clarity that comes with, aha, something's got to shift here, usually is birthed out of a circumstance where either things aren't going well, we don't feel aligned, uh, things are a little bit discombobulated. And so for some people, it's on the extreme end of tragedy or circumstance, things that are unbeknownst to them that really kind of go, okay, well, you know, I don't have control over what that happened, but I certainly have some control and some decision-making around what I do with this lesson, what I do with this gift, and the message within that. So clearly that was one of those moments from you based on the description of, of being on the plane and the BlackBerry and all that having come to light for you. Is that correct? Mm-hmm, definitely. So let's talk about your TED Talk. Can you Are you able to give us some details around that? I'm sure the listeners would be all interested to know to the degree that you can comfortably share uh, what's going on, what that is inclusive of, what your actual message is. Can you give us some nuggets there? Yes, absolutely. So the talk should be coming out any moment now, I guess, within the next few days, I'm hoping. And it it does center around the concepts of change starts within you. So it's it's you could think of it almost as a mini excerpt from the book, but it's very different from what you'll find in the book because I actually – give an idea, um, a la TED, a la TED. So, 
I, I do present a framework in the talk. In my book, instead, is, is much looser. Even the framework I consider very loose. Uh, it's not a one, two, three magic wand that kind of you just take these steps and your life is magical. Um, it's sort of, like I said, that slow and steady wins the race type of approach that when I work with someone, when I work with an individual or when I work with an organization, I always take them through these foundational steps. And, and like I said, they're not exactly steps per se. They're more of, I guess, building blocks of setting that foundation, kind of the base for your house. So the first step or the first action is really taking an inventory. That's why I said the idea, so I would be for inventory, but it's just that snapshot kind of the current state of you. So if you're looking at your life or your business right now and the different areas that are in that, one of the things that I don't mention in the talk and that is in the book is this exercise of taking actual physical pictures of where you are right now. And this is just a very simple way. Sometimes we get bogged down by by really big assessments, and especially if you work in in corporate, you can take you can have a hundred questions to kind of get to that. Who am I? What's important to me? You can do any kind of personality test and all of that. And oftentimes we end up a little bit more confused than where we started out. So this idea of just taking a picture in these various different areas of your business or your life is the way to kind of immediately, and, and, and what I have people do is just assign a caption to that. So whatever that looks like, it could be for your relationships, you know, if you're single or you're with a partner, how are you showing up, how are you feeling? It can just be a very simple caption. And like I said, I, I like this because I think that we can get really bogged down in, in just kind of an overload of of questions or or different considerations that we have about how we're showing up or not showing up in our lives and our businesses and and like I said end up more confused than when we started so that that's one of the things that I talk about a little bit in the, in the talk and then the second thing is is destination right so the d in idea and that's this vision piece and I typically talk about vision very differently from the rest of the world, especially what I hear lots of times in corporate, because I use vision the way, from the origins of the word, right, to see clearly in the present. In other words, to to see your potential and start to look at things very differently under that lens. So it's not so much about, you know, five-year plan or goal, but really just getting quiet enough to understand what your potential is in the current moment. And that is actually infinite. So it's just this beautiful way to connect with something much deeper, kind of your a soul level, what your what your soul goals are. And so those are just the first. Those it's just a taste of kind of what's in the talk, but it does go on. E is for explicit focus, and A is for action. So I can talk a little bit more about those later, maybe if it makes sense. But that's in general the pieces that the that the talk covers, and and also this concept of sustainability, right? Because I'm always talking about, I, I created a, a different definition of the word sustainability, which is one of the corporate's fam- favorite buzzwords right now. And I talk about sustainability as the ability to sustain yourself, right? Because it's really difficult to to even care what's happening on a planetary level and, and a so- social level, kind of a lot of the different crises we're facing, if your own life is a shambles. And 
And I think, and again, this harkens back to the core concept of the book that change starts within you, right? So all of our, the greatest spiritual leaders that we've had throughout time have had that same message of, of being the change you want to see, right? Showing up in a way that then is, is leading by example rather than, yeah, telling others. So. Beautiful. Well, I've had a couple of simultaneous thoughts come to me at the same time, so I'll try and see if I can hold on to both of them. But I'll start with the first thought that emerged into my mind as you were speaking. Um, So given that we are in a a fairly recognizably oversaturated industry, everybody's pumping out books, everyone's got podcasts, everyone's speaking, what is it about your particular message, your particular brand that you think uniquely separates you from the rest? whether that comes in the way of testimonials, people who you've interfaced with where they've had transformative moments and they've relayed that back to you in the way of feedback or um, or you just closely monitoring them as a, as a client. Um, so how would you answer that question, Courtney? I really think it's the point about flipping the term sustainability sort of on its head, right? We're, as you said, we're saturated and we're always – looking outside for our answers. And even if you look at traditional sustainability, what we're doing is we're saying, okay, there are all these crises and let's look outside, you know, let's, let's, let's reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. Let's cut our waste. And all those things are, are, are great. They're necessary, but we're so focused on the macro, right? The macrocosm that we're missing the micro solution that's staring us in the face. And the micro solution is really on an individual level, right? As an individual cell, as an individual contributor, how are you showing up, right? And we all know that things start to shift when we start to shift internally. And so really I think that's what sets this apart because I'm, I'm actually not asking anyone to look outside for their answers, not to me, not to anyone else. The, the core concept in the story and the journey in this book and also in the TEDx talk is really about how to go within yourself to find your answers because actually when you do that, you no longer need to, to go, to look outside for anything and, and ultimately you kind of just see all of that and experience all of that as, as, as noise other than the moments and the instances where we're being reminded of something, right? I always think that the greatest teachers actually serve to remind us of what we already know. And yeah. if you look back to even what Aristotle's teachings taught was to remember, right? All learning is remembering. That's what he said. And ultimately what he was talking about, I believe, is is remember. If you look at the etymology of that word, it's, it's really to put the pieces back together, right? So you already have the answers, or as you quoted from the book cover, you are the answer you're seeking. And so ultimately I think that's what differentiates my work is I'm not giving you the one, two, three. My, my book is, is definitely not a, a, a linear sort of just do these things and you'll be, and you'll be good to go. It's more of a, of an experience and a journey through your, what's calling you and what's calling you is so loud that it's called you here, that it's called you to, again, to reminders about what you know. And yeah. I'll do, those reminders so I think that's what differentiates the book and my work beautiful lovely and so in terms of the precipitating factors what this being the particular vision of the book you feeling that this was exactly what it was that you wanted needed to write about and this was the message that therefore needed to be imparted to the masses and really overall as you've you've already identified being the reminder it's not external it's internal so just reminding people 
of that. I mean, that being the premise. So what was it that catapulted you in the direction of sustainability uh, within you and that being the premise of the book? Was it because you yourself having to stay ahead of the curve and sponging up so much other material and other people's lessons out there that you were recognizing that there was a deficit with this particular message or was it because it just seemed to come up as a, as a reoccurring theme within what you do for a line of work that it just needed to be more specifically spoken about? Hmm, that's such a good question and one that people rarely ask me actually. And I sustainability, right? So it just sort of found me. And like other things in my life, it just kept knocking at my door. It just kept coming back. And it was it was pretty bizarre, actually, the story about how I got involved in sustainability in corporate America and corporate international world because I work mostly outside of the United States for, for corporate America. Um, but it's an interesting story because what happened was at the time I was – I was working in corporate communications and I had actually had no official training whatsoever in corporate communications. So I asked my boss if I could go to this conference and it was being hosted by corporate communications international and they're out of based out of New York. And I really wanted to go to this conference because I thought this will be finally the opportunity that I have to learn a little bit more about what it is that I've been pumping out that I've been doing every day. And I was turned down by my boss. Actually, he sent me to another another event that I actually didn't really, wasn't all that interested in, but I had this in my heart. So I, I thought, well, I'm just, I'm going to try and see because there was an option to submit a research proposal to them. And if they liked it, you could, you could go pretty much free of charge to this conference. So that's what I did. And I spent my evenings and this was before I had my daughters, but my evenings and my weekends pumping away on this paper and long story short, it ended up winning this award, and, and so that prompted me to tell my boss that I had done this, right, because I did all this kind of behind his back, and it turned out really great, so he contacted, well, he contacted our corporate communications office in New York, let them know about it, and because my paper had this central theme about corporate responsibility and how corporations could actually work together in this endeavor, and, and, and it was Pulling all of this information, it was called Corporate Agenda 21. It was, it was based off of the UN's Agenda 21 type of concepts. And, and ultimately, I ended up also taking on corporate responsibility, i.e. sustainability, for different brands within our portfolio at that time. And the learning curve was just so steep. And my knowledge was just every day kind of just gaining this field. I loved it. I loved the idea about doing work that I felt really was adding to the true bottom line of, of the business, right, or, or what in sustainability speak is often called the, the triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit, of really just pulling all of those socioeconomic and environmental factors together and seeing how we could be a better company slash companies. And so, I, you know, I set out, I was doing this, like I said, for some brands, including the North Face over in Europe, and I, after a while... Um, I started to I, I started to get this feeling like we were all again focused on the problem, right? As a means of solving the problem, and, and anybody who has ever done that knows that it doesn't quite work, right? It's kind of like when you try to lose five pounds, but those five pounds just you know they, they either won't come off or they come off and they're replaced fairly quickly by another ten, you know whatever it looks like yeah. for you terms of focusing on that problem and seeing more of it sort of manifest in your life. And so what, what I what I felt was, gosh, we're, you know, we're so entrenched in the problem and the crises and we're looking at this sort of 
in the wrong way, right? We're not really looking at this as an opportunity. We're taking this Band-Aid approach, like, we're, you know, we're slapping a Band-Aid on some really gaping wounds and kind of, you know, as a way to you know, rub our hands together and say, okay, we're good. And it just won't work. I believe. And so this, so there was a seed planted in my mind. And I, one of the things I wanted to do at the time was I wanted to, what I called simplicate, right? The opposite of, opposite of complicate. I wanted to simplicate this concept of sustainability. And, and I also really wanted to make it sexy. I wanted to make it something that could inspire and get people really excited instead of kind of a lot of the doom and gloom that you typically hear. So I was doing this and I was, I was plugging away within my organization. And then at a certain point, my job really became unsustainable because, as I mentioned, also and this is kind of a little bit woven into my TEDx talk, is I I I realized that I couldn't kind of have all the cakes I wanted at the same time, right? I had to, I had to choose and I had to decide which which of those cakes I really wanted to bake. And because my corp my my life in corporate and my my work was just it was really kind of all consuming, and I felt that I was leaving behind a lot of really important things. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to find a, a new way. And so I decided that I was going to leave my, my job. And I, I did spend quite a while with them still to just transition period before, before leaving. And in the meantime, and I thought I would start out on my own, but in the meantime, I was, I was asked by sustainability partners to come on as their vice president. And sustainability partners are, they, you know, they've consulted to, we were working with clients like Nike and Starbucks and the U.S. military and NASA and, and really just looking at, again, these, on a really high level of what companies and organizations were doing. And again, I just had this itch inside that something was not quite right, you know? And so I ultimately ended up in, in, in love, uh, leaving sustainability partners as well. Still very good friends of mine, Brian and Mary Natris, wonderful, wonderful people and best-selling authors in the sustainability space. And I set out on my own and I started this company called Sustainability Simplicated. And then after that, you know, I, I kind of molded it. It became simple sustainability and other things. But it was, again, it, it came back to this, this core concept of sustainability being the ability to sustain yourself, right? Because if you're actually in that space of living the life that you want and, and really pursuing the visions that you have in terms of your life and your business, then you you are creating a more sustainable environment, not just for yourself, but for everyone else who's working with you, everyone who's around you. So it's a really long answer to your question, but that's kind of the, the journey uh, that brought me to this thing called sustainability. Well, a, a couple things I'm going to say to that, and I'm so glad that you answered as elaborately as what you did, because that's where I got the nugget, and that's where I just got a, a real um, a real clear moment of something that I feel deserves being said here in recognition of you truly walking your talk. So when you when you use those examples of what you've gone through in your career path to illustrate that something still wasn't sitting right with you, you know, that things were still feeling uh, that they were not sustainable, what I love about what you said, and I'm just kind of, this is my way of paraphrasing it, is you allowed the intuitive process of what wasn't resonating right with you, which didn't feel sustainable for you, which tied back into the premise of your book of change starts within you. So your true examples and, and, and recognizing what they were not sitting well with you, 
not feeling fulfilled, not feeling like you were really at the process that you wanted to be in to embody the type of life you wanted to lead where it was sustainable and having that so-called balance, which is another topic in itself, um, you know, your intuition and you honoring that tied right back into the premise of your book and, and for that to be kind of the crux of how the book got birthed, I mean, that's a beautiful story within the story. I mean, that's lovely. Thanks. That's lovely. So, you know, I, I'd like to ask you, too, when we talk about leadership, you know, especially when we talk about authentic leadership, there's a lot of people, you know, that word is being thrown around left, right, and center, whether you're talking about at the political level, you're talking about the personal development industry, whether you're talking about being a leader in your own life. Um, you know, when you look at it from even from like a millennial standpoint, you know, and they not being necessarily, well, they're definitely not the age that we're at. We've traveled a lot in our vocation. We've seen different types of work styles, work ethics. Uh, we've seen the different shifts that have happened in the workforce, in the business corporate world. So, you know, what do you personally and professionally feel is lacking from not only leadership itself and the way it's being demonstrated on the world stage uh, or in different pockets of industry, um, but how do you think it's it's not necessarily interpreted or defined in its true essence, in its true core definition? What's missing mm-hmm. these days? Well, I think it all comes back again to that change starts within you, right? You have to start there. And you see so many leaders kind of, I would say, almost n- – just not leading by example. And I think I learned this really big time with my daughter, honestly, when I, and I'm sure you've probably had the very same experience in, in parenting is you see, gosh, you can't just, at least in my case, like I cannot tell my daughter Gaia to do anything. I, she's very strong willed. She's very uh, independently minded. And so I can't really give her orders in the sense that she either will, you know, listen, but grudgingly, or she just won't listen at times. And I think true. And and so in parenting, right, you really learn this, like I said, kind of hardcore that you have to be the example, right? If I want my daughter to show up a certain way, I have to show up that way. If I want her to bring compassion and, 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 love to a situation, I have to show up with compassion and love, right? I can't ask those things of her if I'm not in the first place showing up in that way in my life, in my relationships, in my work, in everything that I do. And so I really believe that that's what's missing a lot of times in in, in what I see in, quote, leadership. It's actually not leadership. It's more of a kind of almost like a command place. And, and people don't really respond well to that and rightfully so because none of us really want to be given orders or told how things are should be right we kind of want to make up our minds depending on what we see and when we see a true leader our tendency is to emulate that right mm-hmm. just like a child will emulate if you're a true leader for them they will emulate that right they will they will and even if unfortunately last times you aren't because uh for various reasons but but in the long term, they're going to because and they're going to respect that because you really showed up in ways that were that were aligned with what you were saying. And I think again, that's what we're missing lots of times is you know people are kind of saying one thing, and I think it, it was really this was a huge lesson for me even in learning different languages and being 
being exposed to different cultures is really seeing like there's a language underneath our verbal communication. And sometimes it's very removed from what we're communicating verbally. And when you feel that kind of dissonance, right. And you do lots of times in leadership is you just feel it right. I I mean, I'm, I'm in, in Italy right now. And so, you you know, if you look at a leader, like, you know, their past leader, like Berlusconi, right. There's such a distance between like what is being told to the, to the populace versus what is happening. And again, you can take this on in, in all different political arenas and also in the, in the corporate world, lots of times it's just this, this, yeah, lack of, of resonance between what is being kind of top down told or ordered and what is actually the example that's being set by our leader, our lead, our figure, the figures of leadership, right? Or the, those who are supposed to be leading us. So. Absolutely. Well, and, and yes, I mean, very true. I mean, if there's incongruency within, as you pointed out, what you're saying versus what you're showing, what you're demonstrating, what you're embodying, you know, it's very hard to um, authentically fulfill that role of being a, a, not only a relatable leader, but somebody who has garnered the respect and is seen upon as credible and integral if, in fact, what you're saying does not compute with your actions or your own choices, if there's a, a built-in infrastructure of hypocrisy, which people, people are intelligent. I think we, we undermine the intelligence of people, and not only just the intelligence, but the emotional intelligence. And so if you're truly trying to connect with people, if you're truly trying to lead people, and by leading, I don't mean morphing them into versions, many versions of yourself and, and duplication of that nature, but as you said, going back to your book, a real leader you know, won't tell you what to look at. They'll, as you said, remind you of the certain things that more importantly take you back to a space of within, you know, reevaluating your own thought processes, reevaluating and questioning and reassessing what it is that you truly believe in. And as we continue to shift and hopefully shift in the right direction, those things sometimes either tend to change and they can change quite drastically or they become more refined and more honed and crystallized. Right. And you also said a really important thing earlier, just the millennials and this younger generation that's coming up and kind of, I think they're just, they're so aware of the fact that there's a better way. Right. And so I think our, I I can speak for my generation and I feel like there was more of a kind of a, just accept this is kind of the way things are. And then you could kind of, maybe later you felt like maybe I can break free of this. Maybe there's a better way, but I feel like this younger generation is really just, acutely aware of that and they're looking for just better solutions and and they don't want to use the same industrial model that we've been playing with since the cotton gin they they want they they want and they see that there are better options and opportunities out there and so and 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 they're creating them all the time so i think that's that is a gives a lot of hope (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, I'd also be interested to know, Courtney, as I'm sure the listeners would, what are some of your daily practices, rituals, mantras, mentors, whether they be intangible mentors, direct mentors? Who Who's the hub and what are some of your daily practices that keeps you aligned and on the straight and narrow with truly honoring yourself, knowing that it always goes back within and starts from within? Mm. Well, in terms of my daily practices, I'd say I have seasons for things that I'm doing daily in the sense that sometimes one practice is more important to me than another. You know, just to give an example, I play music, right? But I, I, I tend to group that into 
a certain number of months. Like right now I kind of consider this the summer and I'm maybe I'm playing playfully, but I'm not practicing every day in my piano or singing. Um, so I will have that practice. And I'd say the one thing that kind of never goes away is what in just mindful breathing and just focusing on my breath and kind of, uh, quieting the, the noise in my mind. And this is often called meditation, right? But there are many forms of meditation. I think meditation really ultimately is anytime you're doing anything with your complete focus and your, your total presence and, and awareness, and you're bringing that to that moment. And, and so I would say that that's, that's the constant in terms of practice is, is just being as much as possible in that space of, of present, just present moment, bringing present moment uh, awareness to, to whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's talking on this conversation, having this conversation with you, or whether it's talking with a client, whatever it is, just kind of really being there. And it does help, obviously, the practice of mindful breathing and just slowing down the mind so that you don't have all of that noise all the time. I do have, you know, their exercise is, is a daily for me in, in some form or another. It might just be dancing, taking a dance break or going for a run or a walk. Um, those I'd say are the constants. The, and then, yeah, like I said, there are lots of other things. I have many passions. I'm sure like you and like a lot of our, a lot of your listeners, I, I, but I, so I don't really kind of force myself to, always be doing those things, but they'll sort of have seasons. And then as far as my mentors, gosh, there are just so many. <laughs> to begin to even list them seems like, wow, I, I, there are just so many people with so many shoulders, so many giants' shoulders that I have had the good fortune of, of standing on, sitting on, um, just being around. And, and what I think is really cool about that, though, is I didn't really – Start, I think, you know, you can always choose, right, who you're going to surround yourself with. I, I know there are various different studies about about this, and people get a little bit worried. And I know in a certain period of my life, I felt that way, like, oh, geez, you know, the people, maybe the people I'm surrounded by aren't really as invested in wh- whatever I'm invested, you know, whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but then I realized, wow, you really can choose who you surround yourself by, even if you find yourself in a situation where, um, you do feel a little bit of discomfort around some people in your innermost circles. There's always a chance to hang out with your mentors, and we we have such. It's true that we have an abundance of information, but you know, knowing where to look and and you know, for me, it's like if I hang out with Oprah for a few hours, and again, <laughs> I don't know Oprah. I would love to, but um, if I can hang out with her wisdom, right, and I can learn from that, and and it's a, it's available to me, you know, I can I can learn from you, Lisa. You know, I can go online and listen to some of what you've taught and what you've shared, and 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 I can get. I can get that time with you and, you know, for that moment you can, you can be a mentor. And I think one of the, I know a, a close friend of mine, she's been sort of playing with redefining mentor. She works primarily with women and she's been saying mentoring. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I think that's actually more accurate in terms of, her name is Lisa too. And, <laughs> and I think that's a little more accurate because it's, it's, it's this idea, right, that you're not necessarily placing one, anyone on a pedestal, right? Yeah. So I have loads of people who have been great influencers in my life, 
but I feel like there's been this dynamic, you know, even when I don't know them, right, because I'm still giving of myself, right, just like whoever's listening here is giving of themselves, they're sharing, they're sharing their most precious resource to be here right now, right, mm-hmm. so it's this idea that, right, we can choose that, and it's, a, and it's, a, and it's an exchange, right, and, and, we, and we always have it available to us, and even with the people Right, who are in your animal circles, and even when you're feeling a little bit challenged by those relationships, those are all just really beautiful opportunities to to learn and to grow and to expand. And like I said, gosh, there are just so many people, even in my my life, who have have helped me. Even when I didn't know anybody, I didn't have the titles, I didn't have you know any of that. And you know, starting with with my siblings and and my and my close friends and moving straight on up to people like, you know, Nadine Hack, who was an advisor to Nelson Mandela and President Obama and is just such a giving human being and has spent so much time with me. And, and like I said, hopefully in exchange because yeah. it's a friendship. So, so yeah, uh, just a lot of people. Beautiful. Very grateful for all of that. Beautiful. Well, let me ask you this, Courtney, you know, given that this is living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald and clearly for what you've endeavored to do throughout your life and for your natural curiosity and and the message in which you impart, whether it be your TED Talk, whether it be your book, uh, whether it be how you emit your energy, share your energy on a daily basis and, and really keying and honing in on sustainability and what that really truly means to you. Uh, which we can all learn from, which I think is brilliant what you've done there. Um, which aspect of you having chosen to live fearlessly throughout your life are you most proud of? Oh, my daughter, for sure. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't actually even, I wasn't even thinking of having children until just one day. I, I honestly believe the soul decides when it's time to come, and I really just... I don't know how else to call it, but to say just had this input that, that there, that this was the time, this was the time. And so I, you know, I told my husband when, I, when this was after eight years of, of marriage, I just said, you know, maybe it's time. And, uh, we, we took the leap and, and that was definitely the greatest miracle and gift that I had. I, I guess I would ever have or be exposed to and, and have the, just, it's just such a blessing. And, and that was the moment, I guess, the, the sharpest moment of living fearlessly in my life. But I, I love this concept of living fearlessly. And I think one of the things that's really important for people to realize is, okay, maybe not with a, a, the choice to have a child, but in a lot of things that you choose or that you feel called to, just this idea that, you know, you don't have to leap and hope that the net will appear. You know, you can you can take baby steps in the direction of what you feel your your soul is calling you or how you feel it's, you're being called to live fearlessly, right? I mean, I have, I have friends who have amazing jobs from the outside, but they're really struggling inside because they would like to be doing something completely different. And just that idea that, you know, you don't have to just, you don't have to give up everything, you know, leave your great job and, 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 and do all of that. You can, you can take, there are ways to connect to your vision that, that, you know, don't require you to just leap. And, and I, I think, yes, you can also leap. Um, but, but there's, there's, there's also wisdom in, in taking it a step at a time, day after day, to move you closer to to that version, your version of living fearlessly. So, 
Beautiful. Well, I would also parallel, too, when we're talking about the concepts of sacrificing, you know, when you with what you just said there, you know, it's not about relinquishing or giving up everything. But if you shift your mindset to focus more on the gains, even if it's the unforeseen gains, because, of course, taking risks, you know, there's no guarantees, there's no guarantees with anything, uh, no matter how slam dunk it may appear or in the bag, so to speak. Um, but if we parallel that with what you spoke about earlier, you know, in terms of shifting the mindset, it's really about being uh, solution focused as opposed to problem saturated. And that we know, as we know, within both those examples of sacrifice versus gain or solution focused versus problem saturated, you know, what you put your attention on, and again, choice, what you choose to put your attention on grows stronger in your life. So when people talk or use reference to the word coincidence, and, then, and that can speak to both the negative or the positive on either end of the spectrum with what shows up in your life, you know, people will often say, oh, you know, I was just thinking about you, and here you are. You know, you called me out of the blue, or I bumped into you, or et cetera, et cetera. Well, no, energetically, you're emitting that out there. So whatever it is you're conversely saying within yourself, you know, uh, in terms of how you choose to dialogue with yourself, that energy is radiating and emanating out into the universe. And so... That's what shows up. And even if it's at a subconscious level of what you say you don't want more of, well, if you're focusing on more of what you don't want showing up in your life, guess what's going to show up? More of the stuff that you say you don't want because that's what you're choosing to put your focus, time, and energy on. So rather relinquishing that, embracing what it is you actually do wish to see show up. And it's not just setting intentions. You would know this too from everything that you've done with your life and your living and how you choose to uh, walk your talk there, Courtney. You know, it's... Um, it's really taking massive action. You know, things don't just fall into your lap because you've spoken to the universe, and it doesn't matter how grounded or centered you are or how Buddhist Zen-like you are, you know, you do have to put the action behind the intention. So, you know, you've said a lot of really brilliant things uh, within the course of this interview. And, of course, I always, as, as I know for sure the listeners do, because I get that back in terms of testimonials and feedback, um, I learn so much from the people who are gracious enough to share their time with me, uh, such as yourself here today. So I, I've gotten so many takeaways from this conversation. Uh, so I want to personally thank you for that, Courtney, and I want to commend you on all the brilliant things that you're doing and all the people that you're positively and profoundly impacting as a result of how you choose to live your life, uh, talking about sustainability, talking about change starts within you. And that might be a good segue to let listeners know, where can people find your book? Well, first of all, right back at you, and thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be talking with you and have had this conversation, this moment, and I also have learned quite a bit from your musings, so thank you for that. Thank um, you. People can find the book on pretty much on any major outlet like Amazon or Barnes & Noble, iTunes, uh, etc. So if you just, the, the only thing is that when they search my name, there's no you in Courtney, in my Courtney. So it's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y McDermott. So that's kind of the best way to find me. Or if you look, at, you can also get the book on my website at C-O-R-T-Inc.com. Fantastic. 
And so what would you want to say to the listeners, for anybody who's who's really inspired by what it is you're saying, really is energetically aligned with you, but feels somewhat, for whatever the reason, whatever the block or circumstance, they feel stuck. And it's not that they don't have a certain level of self-awareness. It's not that they don't even necessarily, they don't love themselves or they're not willing to embrace change or go within. But... You know, in terms of interfacing with people at the very initial stages, when you you can tell that people are feeling a little bit lost or they're feeling blocked, how do you initially, at the very preliminary stages, break that down with them and work through it with them? Well, I think one of the key things is is really not to beat yourself up, right? We, We make... So lots of times in the personal development space, professional development space, there's so much pressure to kind of, you know, solve the problem immediately or, or just, you know, figure, figure it out and move on instead of just really respecting kind of where you're at so that you can move on and you can move through, right? We have lots of times we create a lot of blocks within ourselves, right? Just because you know, energetically we've kind of stored a lot of things. And so the only way to move through them is to allow the situations in your life to to be reconciled and so that you can move on and you can you can get to that better place of having more positive thoughts and, and leading by example. So I think first and foremost just be soft on yourself wherever you are, just learning to accept that and then and then yes, I think the reframing piece is really important and, and realizing that all of these opportunities that you have in your life are really ways for you to grow. And and I think Oprah put it best, right, when she, she said, everything is rigged in my favor, right? If you if you begin to kind of live through that lens and think, okay, it's, it, it's all rigged, how is this rigged in my favor? You know, even asking yourself that question can be a really powerful way to move through whatever it is that's challenging you right now. Absolutely. And, in fact, I think, I think Oprah, she doesn't borrow too much, but I think she borrowed that from Rumi. Yeah, yeah, Rumi said it first, but she also said too, uh, which speaks to, you know, the whole tone and theme of everything that we're, we're speaking about here is, you know, when we, when we know better, we do better. And Mm -hmm. how do, how, how do we know better? And how do we use that barometer to, to navigate in the direction that we say that we ideally wish to go in. Well, again, going back to your book, change starts within you. Those realizations are from within, you know, and it all comes from the premise of self-love. It's really difficult to truly authentically love other people or be that well or support system when you're not even in a position uh, to offer that to yourself first and foremost. So I just want to say, and, you know, I'm always cognizant of time, and we've got about four minutes here before we unfortunately have to say cheerio, but I'd like to give you the opportunity, Courtney, to once again let the listeners know where can they buy your book, when's the TED Talk coming out, how can people connect with you on social media. Whatever you can offer would be greatly appreciated. Great, thank you. So, yeah, so as I mentioned, the book can be found on Amazon.com or Amazon.uk, wherever, whatever country you're in. It can be uh, found also on iTunes or Barnes and Noble. So you can you can get it in a number of different outlets and and also through my website. So it's the website is Court Inc. So C O R T I N C dot com. And that'll redirect Courtney McDermott, but because there's no you in my name, uh, it's safer that way. And <laughs> and the TEDx talk should be coming out very very soon. And hopefully, yeah, the listeners will will 
be able to hear that and, and it'll, yeah, wherever you are in your journey, I hope that it can help and inspire. Beautiful. Well, I'm already inspired and so much so that I can't wait to get a hand, my hands on a copy of your book because this talk that we've had, this chat that we've had, it's really uh, helped me. It's inspired me. Uh, it's offered different perspectives that I hadn't necessarily entertained or was even cognizant of. Um, and I consider myself a fairly emotional, intelligent person. So I want to say thank you very much for imparting your wisdom and the gift of your time today. I know how incredibly off the hook you are, Courtney. So all I can say is let's stay in touch behind the scenes and I want to wish you well as you continue to soar and I want to thank you on behalf of everybody who I know for a fact that you would be making a significant difference in the lives of of others and and self-empowerment and advocacy and recognizing once again that the change does in fact start within you so go out and buy Courtney's book check out the TED talk I want to thank the listening audience once again for taking time out of your schedule to join me here your host Lisa McDonald with Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network I want to once again thank you for your loyal listenership, and I want to also thank you very much for the fact that we are now sitting at you being one of over a quarter of a million podcast subscribers to Living Fearlessly throughout various platforms, not just iTunes alone. So I want to wish everybody a fantastic day, a super weekend. Please take care of yourself. Continue to live fearlessly. Love and gratitude to all. Take care. Bye-bye, Courtney. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. For more information about Lisa, go to her website, lisamcdonald.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.